Hey, yo guys, welcome back to another episode of The Everything Show. I am here with another reoccurring guest. She was here before with her sisters. Please welcome back Latoya. Hi, how are you all? Nice all right. to be back. So this episode, we are going to be talking about women's rights since it is International Women's Month. So what is your standpoint on the whole thing going on the government right now with pro-choice and pro-life? Uh, so I would start by saying um, women are powerful. We have the ability to conquer so many things and we're smart enough to make our own decisions. We have to start making decisions for ourselves usually um, when we're in that teenage phase of life. You know, the right, the wrong, what's best, what's not best. And pro-choice or um, having the ability to choose, it, it should be given to a woman at any point in life. Um, it shouldn't be a cutoff. It shouldn't be a too early on. Um, because women, women are created to be nurturers. And you would prefer a woman that uh, may not be ready to nurture the opportunity to to save a life instead of maybe two lives going an opposite way. You know, um, it is unfair that so many people try to push upon their opinions on what a woman should do when they're not that woman. You know, they're they're not um, that woman's experiences. We haven't experienced everything that uh, the next woman has experienced. So why should we, why should we have a, a say in a woman and what a woman does with her body? So that that's, that's my, stance on on pro-life do you think the government could be doing more to advocate for pro-life or pro-choice because um, like you said most women don't get that choice do you think that now that we have a new president and a lot of new state officials um, in the house of representatives do you think that they could do more to represent for those options Oh yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like it is their job and it is a part of, it should be a part of their um, job description to ensure that women's rights and women's choices are reserved for individual women. It should not be um, taken away we, we don't take away their their income. We They barely get taxed, you know, at what we get taxed as a people. So why should, why should we have to give up when they don't give up? You know, they don't give anything besides, once again, their opinions and their say. They don't have a sacrifice. Like the normal, the at, well, the average, woman that would have to do that have that decision 
they don't have to live through what she's living through. So they should fight for um, more activity of the better source instead of uh, making a mandate for women that they'll they'll never meet, they'll never hear, they'll never uh, understand or get a chance to hear their story. So they need to, I, I would consider um, the government as it should be shielding our women instead of um, punishing punishing them. You know, it's a punishment when you can't do what you want to do. And it's you, not fair. How do you feel about, since most of the representatives in the government are male, how do you feel about them deciding on women's issues? It's a double standard. It really is a double standard um, because men, men are um, are the head, are the they're the they're the lead. That's who we are, you know, formed. That's who women are formed after, right? They should cover us better than what they do, especially men in leadership, men in power, men with authority. They should cover women much more than what they do now. Um, When it comes to um, services that single moms um, were receiving years ago, you could get healthcare, you could get everything easily because the government was for the single mom, the single family. But now it's, it's hard. To, to prove that you're worthy of assistance. And men in leadership should not have to put a mother, a woman in that spot. They just shouldn't. And now that they have, now they want to take the choice away of a woman deciding if she wants to um, endure the pregnancy or end the pregnancy it's, it's not fair when you won't assist when that child is here or you're going to have to prove that you're worthy of the assistance. You know, I, I really hope that our new president takes a look at women's rights and stand up for us, stand up for the black woman, stand up for the minority woman, stand up for the young woman that has to come through all of these new life traumas that we that we face on the daily day-to-day basis and give us power empower us push us to be the next leader so that a man is not always in charge do you think that the way society views women has changed over the years and if so has it changed for the better or changed for the worse that's a good question um honestly with me being okay so I'm 32 I'm in I'm I'm in the in-between phase right now in my adult life uh so I would say over the last few years the perception of women the way society views women it is that they have to be strong, that we are strong, we're, we're built 
to be strong. Um, however, we have so many things that's going on personally with our children, with um, finances, with uh, work, you know, with our careers, with our passions. We have so many things that consume our time and consume our energy and weigh us down, but we're still con- we're still considered that we are to be strong. We're supposed to carry everything that is put on our shoulders like it is a, a badge of honor, but it gets heavy sometimes and society does not see the weight that women carry. They overlook it. They turn the blind, they turn a, a blind eye to it because the, the conception is we are to be strong and carry it. And that's actually for all races of women. We look at women as uh, if you if you are white, black, Hispanic, Asian, all of the above, you are to be the stronghold or the strong standing person at the table. So it's hard for us to be vulnerable. When you said society is turning a blind eye to how heavy these things can be upon women, how do you think that they can focus more on it and not turn away from it? I feel like a conversation. It, it all it all starts with a conversation, um, challenging the opinion of the next person. So someone that is unlike uh, unlike minded like me may say, "Okay, I don't think women are viewed to be." Uh, Uh, strong they're not strong to me or I don't feel like society turns a blind eye to it I will ask them how they would view women in today's time and have that have that discovery piece because the only way we get to a solution is if we first figure out what the disconnect is why would um why would I feel like people turn a blind blind eye to it when we see that um, mental illness is is much more higher in females than it is in males? Depression is more often found in females than males. You know, we go on an emotional roller coaster. That's how we were built. And with the weight of society on us, social media playing a role in how women are supposed to be at a, at a certain age, used to be here because this person is your age and they have reached this goal. It's a competition. You know, sometimes when you look at things that everybody is chasing after, every woman is chasing after, and that's hard to hard to carry when you still have to do real life when you have to face your truth and your reality so i would i would say talk bring both sides of the table 
bring the men that's in leadership bring the government because government government can regulate where um, mental illness is not frowned upon you know get the help so that we don't turn it into generational curses when you said mental health is higher in females how do you think today's societal standards play a role in that especially with the teenage women growing up now um so with uh, mental illness i feel like the society standards is that you are supposed to be um as happy as you can can seem to be and you deal with what you're dealing with alone you know we all like to fit in we all like to be the uh, be around joy you know people always people always say um, I don't I don't want to come to a pity party or I'm not gonna throw myself a pity party uh, so we we put on a mask society has taught us to put on a mask to be able to move forward but society doesn't really um, grant us the opportunity to to heal from things that may have impacted us you know you know what I'm saying you know how do you, how do you feel um, at school with society and being a teenager what type of influence does it have on that do you see through through you and your classmates right now it's mostly like social media plays a big part and it's a lot of cyberbullying and especially with society standards on how people's body is supposed to be it's like i've seen kids be rolled out of class because they haven't eaten for three or four days because they have to fit into society's normal. Wow. And it, it's hard to see because it's like this person hasn't eaten and is basically starving themselves to the point where they're passing out and have no energy. And it's like this is what society is raising the next generation in. It's just horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary because you don't want to, you don't want to see people that you see every day just stop coming around because of decisions that they're making to meet a standard, quote, quote, a standard. But who who made the standard? Who says that the standard is right? This is why I always encourage people to be themselves. And once you embrace yourself, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody has to say. It doesn't matter what the typical society, social media, um, new fad is. If, if you are you, you have the influence to make sure that the next person is safe with being who they are. You know, if we had more people, um, old, young, middle age, starting from a, a, a small kid trying to mimic something off of YouTube, if we learned how to be ourselves, we would not have 
as much mental uh, deficiencies that we see now. You know, because we 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 bury things and we don't deal with the things and we put on these masks and we try to be something that we're not. Being something that you're not will never get you what it is that you really want because you'll never figure out what it is that you really want because you don't know who you are. And that's the, why that's honestly what I'm learning now, even in my thirties. Who do who do who do I want to be? You know, it's okay to reset. It's okay to identify and admit that okay, maybe I have not been myself. It's okay to draw the draw the picture over again of who am I? And I wish a lot more teenagers and um, uh, youth would be okay and comfortable, you know, with who they are. What's something you would tell my generation and your younger self growing up in a society like this? Um, I would say first ensure that you have a trusting relationship with your parents the people that are caring for you the people that are um, providing uh, so grandparents aunts, uncles cousins, whatever the family dynamic is have a trusting bond between your parents because it's going to be times in your life teens all the way up to my younger self it's going to be times in your life where you are going to need an adult and you want that adult to know you well enough to say hey something is not right with you with you maybe not even being comfortable with saying something first so that's the first thing trusting relationship with your parents adults that love you provide for you second thing I would say is get a journal journal down how you feel um, so that you are able to see yourself on paper see your emotions on paper so that you are able to um, learn from that you can write it out and then reread it and say you know what I'm gonna be better tomorrow the next day when you write you can go back to what you previously wrote and say you know what today is a better day journaling is very good for uh, a stress reliever even if it's even if you're upset and you just it's just chicken scratch write it really 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 fast write it down so that you can see where you come from and my last my last one so the first one was trust the relationship second one was journaling and the third one is finding something that you enjoy to do something that is uh, a passion a hobby an outlet because we all need outlets we all need outlets with school with learning with friendships with relationships we all need an outlet so that we can make sure that we're getting back to who we are 
what we like and what fulfills us. That's good. What's something, going off of stuff to tell our generation, what's something you can tell our generation's parents that could possibly help them, you know, instill those connections and make sure that their teens have or know that they have someone to talk to? Honestly, can I be very frank? Yeah. A lot of parents need to remember that they were teenagers, that they were kids. I feel like a lot of um, parents forget the the things that they went through as, as teenagers and as kids. And it is different these days. The things that teenagers go through today, it is totally different from what I even went through as a teenager. So it's drastically different from what it, uh, my parents went through as teenagers. But with the world changing, parents have to change as well too. Parenting has changed as the world has changed. And we have to have an open heart and an open ear and unconditional love. Parenting requires unconditional love and requires a heart of forgiveness. And it is important for parents to make sure that their children know that they have unconditional love for them and a heart of forgiveness. So that's what I would tell parents in this generation. Good. You know, I, I never thought that I would be a mom, right? So now that I am a mom and I'm a mom of a black boy, it is my responsibility to, to, to for him to know that I support him in everything, in anything that will make him happy. You know, if he's doing something, if, if he ever does something wrong in life, I'm going to let him know that it's wrong and I'm going to correct him, but with love and forgiveness. A lot of parents don't have that tact these days. You know, it's like, I want you to be this. I want you to do this. I want you to be like this. This is what you're going to be when you grow up. They map out their children's life, but that's not what parenting is. It's making sure that you are growing you are being productive and you are being you are building a fulfilling life for what it is that you want to be what a child wants to be what a teenager wants to be when it comes to parenting do you think with most parents is it the aspect of love that's missing or the aspect of forgiving and pushing forward that's missing Honestly, all of the above. Um, it seems as if uh, sometimes the love is a little bit conditional. If a child is doing everything right, you know, oh yes, I love my child. If the child is not doing everything so right, oh, this child here, this child, what am I gonna do with this child, you know? It's, it's like they go, some parents go into like it's a panic mode and um, 
it's because they have things that they are dealing with, right? But the children didn't ask to be here. And with parenting, you have to have that that compassion. You have to have compassion. Every day you have to have compassion. It's not, okay, we'll just have it on the good days. You have to have it on, you need it on the bad days. You know, because you don't want your child to ever feel like um, they're a disappointment. So that's why love is very, very much um, needed and required. Forgiveness and the support to move forward. Um, The support to move forward after something has occurred, it is a, a push through. But I feel like children, teenagers, they play a they play a role in that as well too because children teenagers they are not so forgiving these days either you know they'll 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 hold it and harbor it and they'll never deal with it but then you know you grow up find out hey I didn't like what you did to me mom 10 years ago so I feel like that forgiveness and moving forward piece is dual fold in the household between um, mothers and fathers. It is it is dual fold. That's great advice. As we're starting to wrap up, what are your final thoughts? Like on the women's rights and then growing up in the generation now? Um, women's rights uh, will always be a priority and it's always going to be a priority because um, as the world changes um, social order is eventually going to change it always uh, does you know they always say history repeats itself so we're going to have a, a, a social a social change to take place and women will be will be much more outspoken than we have been in the past. And I believe that is because women, uh, we, we, we feel the power that we should have had a long, a long time ago because we're getting so much closer to things that we never thought that we would see. You get what I'm saying there? Yeah. So it's like, um, it's gonna be very much exciting to see in our lifetime um, especially in your lifetime um, with you being in your teenage years you're going to be able to see so much change I remember when Hillary Rodham Clinton was just um, Bill Clinton's uh, wife she was just the first lady she's been a, a, a vice president you know she's been a senator like she she ran for president you know to be a candidate and I never thought that I would see that you know growing up you you never know what can happen but it's going to happen for women all across the world it really is um and with parenting and today's society teenagers social media we have to stay focused stay focused on the bigger picture 
And my late grandfather, Reverend Dr. Walter C. Turner Jr., always stated that at the end of every day, all you have is family. So we need to ensure that the family structure stays intact. If we can get the family family structure to stay intact and have a spiritual source within that family structure, build communities back up, build more relationships with all mankind, we would then see a greater impact in society standards, in social media, in a classroom setting, in a household setting, at public events, in the government. It all starts with the family. And we have the opportunity now where we can have any type of family that we desire. You can build your own family, but the the root of being prosperous is growing from a well-planted family. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much, Latoya, for coming on once again. Guys, this was also another one of my favorite episodes. Some really good advice. I highly recommend you take some notes. Have your parents listen as well. This could be a whole family thing. There's a little something in here for everyone. So make sure you tune in to our next episode. We're going to have a couple more musicians on. And until the next episode, that's it.